Let revival come, Lord. Let revival come. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. Book of Acts chapter 12, I want to share with you briefly from the Word of God, a message that God had placed within my spirit, in my heart, through this transition, it seemed like that somewhat the enemy had done all that he could do to stop the momentum and the forward progression of the work of God. In Acts chapter 12, stand there with me, if you will. Read just a few verses there. The enemy may have a designed agenda to stop what God is doing. But this morning I want to show you that God can't be stopped. He can stop you and he can stop me if we let him but he can't stop God and in Acts chapter 12 the enemy had designed to stop Peter precious man of God he said that Herod had come around in verse 1 and stretched out his hands to harass some of the church and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him into four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Peter was in prison, but the church was praying. I want to preach a message this morning from this thought that God planted deep within my heart. Let the church pray on. Let the church pray on. God, we just love you today and we thank you for the privilege we have to come and to worship you in this house. God, that we have taken the moment and the time, Lord, to just be still, stand still and let you move among us today, Lord, as we just love, Father, the opportunities we have as children of God to be able to gather with your people and to get into the presence, the corporate presence of the Lord, refreshing and renewing our lives individually, building relationships with one another. God, the enemy has sought to do everything he can to try to stop people and to try to stop the momentum of the, of the purpose of God. But you, oh God, are on the throne. And today, Lord, that you cannot be stopped. And we're thankful for that today, that we don't serve a weak God or a limited God. But today, we serve Jehovah Jireh. We serve the provider, Lord, of every need, of every need, God, that is in our lives. Lord, you are able to supply 
And today, Father, we ask you for a, a very special anointing upon this congregation that every need, Lord, that would begin to surface in the heart, if it's not already manifested and, and confirmed in the mind, that it would be today by your Spirit and that those needs would be taken to the Lord and, Lord, that they would see victory over those circumstances. Today, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Look around at somebody and say, pray on. Every Tuesday night, you can be seated in the house of the Lord, but every Tuesday night they gather down here and everybody is welcome to whosoever would like to come at 7 o'clock every Tuesday night and gather together in a corporate way to pray together. There's something to be said about a church that gathers, uh, amen, on an off night uh, just to pray, amen. Uh, something to be said about a people of God who would sacrifice their time to be able to come and to pray. Can I tell you that God is moving in these prayer meetings uh, on Tuesday night? There are so many things that are happening that we are just awaiting to see the manifested answered prayer uh, to the needs that have been being prayed over on Tuesday night. And my heart, as we were praying this last Tuesday night, just began to rejoice as we were leaving, thanking God that there were people who were willing to pray. How many is thankful for praying folks? Amen. Uh, I give God praise for praying folks today. We just rejoice today to know that we have a people that we can gather with uh, and uh, we can depend on them to go to God for us. And today God just began to speak into my spirit. I want to share with you from this text uh, of a man by the name of Peter who we found out was uh, thankful for some praying folks, thankful for the church that would pray and that would seek the Lord on his behalf. The enemy was doing everything he could to try to stop Peter. He was coming against the church. Herod had killed uh, James, the brother of John, with the sword, and the Jews were rejoicing in this. And, and so Herod, being the prideful man that was allowing the enemy to use him, that he was, uh, began to feed off of the pride and the rejoicing of the people around him and thought, well, maybe if it made them so happy and they enjoyed the fact that I took the life of James that I'll just go ahead and seize Peter also and this will build my morale and it will build uh, my, uh, my fame, so to speak, as king and I will have the support of so many people. But he picked a, a man of God again here to lock up and to throw in prison. One had died, but that didn't make God any less God. Can somebody say amen? And just because James had to die for his faith did not mean God was not on the throne. But here Peter was, had not yet seen an execution, but he was chained into a prison between guards. And he was left there as they watched over him until they would de determine what they were going to do as they would proceed further in the days ahead. But can somebody understand that in verse 5, we find find some very important words that are life-changing not only for Peter but if we could understand the power of what was happening here they would become life-changing for us see we live in a generation where people want to make the church irrelevant and the church that don't pray is irrelevant but a praying church is relevant 
Come on, somebody. And Peter was locked up in prison, but prayer was constantly made. He been by the church, offered to God. There were some people who cared where Peter were at. I want to tell you today, there's some people who care about your life. They care so much, they're taking it to the Lord in prayer. There's some people that care what you're going through. They care where you're at in your spiritual walk. They care that you're going through struggle. They care that maybe you're going through sickness. Whatever the condition is, there are some people of God who are connected to the church that care about your life. Somebody ought to understand today that even when you don't have the strength to pray, somebody is going before God for you. Amen. If it had not been for the prayers of those around you, sometimes you didn't know they were praying, but they were praying on your behalf. They were going to God because they believed that God was able to turn your situation around even when you didn't have the power to pray for yourself. My God, somebody, amen, went before God for you and they began to trust the Lord God Almighty. I want to say right now, I thank every one of you that's ever lifted my name up before God and everybody that'll ever go before God for this old boy in prayer. I want to go ahead and tell you, thank you for taking time to think about some little old person like me that you cared enough to get a prayer up to God because you believe God was able to keep us going forward when the enemy wanted to send us backwards. Somebody ought to shout amen in this house. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. I see nowhere where Peter was praying, but I see where Peter was locked up in the prison. There's some times in our life that we don't feel like praying. We're just resting in faith. We're resting in what we know. We're resting in what thus saith the Lord. Oh, we don't have the energy. We just wore out. Amen. Anybody ever been wore out? You're too wore out to pray. You don't know what to do. You show up, can't get nothing to come out. Your heart's crying out, but your mouth won't open. The words just won't come. But thank God today where Peter was at, there was a people of God who knew where he was at and knew what he was going through and number one this morning God told me to remind the people that we don't need a playing church we need a praying church we don't need a church and come on give him glory if you want to we don't need a church that is playing religious religiosity we need a church that is a praying church the foundation of great God things begin in the closets of prayer you got to understand something today that Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 he said know this that in the last days perilous times will come men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal despisers of good can I get a witness traitors headstrong haughty lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. It's a trap if you surround yourself with people like that. Amen. It's a trap of the enemy. A form of godliness won't do you any good. Woo! 
Woo! I wish somebody would shout amen. A form of godliness is no good. Anybody can do church. Anybody can play church. But when you deny the power of God and you deny the sovereignty of who he is, then you are putting yourself in a position that you're not able to be the church. You look like the church. It looks good. Everything looks good for a while. It's compelling. People start coming to church. They say, oh, this looks good. That program looks good. Everything looks good. Amen to God. But then they start running into the problems that Paul was talking about. They start running into the traitors and the heady mindedness and the haughtiness and the unforgiveness and the bitterness. And they get, oh, come on, somebody. When they begin to run into all these things, then they begin to realize the pain that, that comes with being a part of that church. They, they begin to realize the pain that comes from being a part of the form. When everything else that Paul describes gets in the way, amen to God, then the church becomes a playing church and not a praying church and not a purposeful church and not a church that has what it takes to press through. My goodness, somebody shout. Right now, I feel the Holy Ghost to press through the agenda of the enemy. See, when you coming up against Satan, it don't matter how good you look. It don't matter how good you can sing. It don't matter if you look like you got it all together. But what will matter is, do you have a rooted faith in your prayer life? And are you trusting God by your faith? You've got to know this morning, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house, that there is a people of God who trust their prayer life again. That know when they're going to God, they're going to the greatest source of their life. Amen. The pastor, no matter who he is, he can't help me be the person God wants me to be on his own. I need God. The praise team can't carry me there. They can get me so far, but I need God. It don't matter how many programs I have. If there ain't no prayer and no faith and no praying, there ain't no moving of God in the house, then there is no purpose. My goodness, we need to let the church pray on today. When everything else gets in the way, prayer becomes a ritual. Rather than being intentional, people get hurt because they run into these things that Paul was telling Timothy about. People who love themselves more than they love God. People who love money more than they love God. People who are more boastful about where they're at and what position they hold than they love God. They're proud, they're blasphemers, they're disobedient to parents. Amen, they're unthankful, they're unholy, they're unloving, they're unforgiving. Oh, come on, all these things get in the way. And the ministry becomes meaningless and the local church loses its purpose. Who cares if we look godly if we ain't godly? Y'all ain't mad with me, are you? I'm just preaching what God put in my heart. Who cares if we can talk the talk, but we can't walk the walk? Who cares about your witness for God if your form doesn't line up with who he is? Oh, I wish I had somebody to witness it. They will appear in 2 Timothy chapter 5. God's word translation says it this way. They will appear to have a godly life, but they will not let God's power change them. In other words, we get them folk that think they've done arrived. 
come on now. I've been doing this 30 years. I don't care. I've been doing a long time too. And I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I'm not coming to the form. I'm coming to the, the power of his sovereignty. I'm coming to, to declare who he is. I need thee every hour. I, I know sometimes it, it, it just we reach a place in life to where we feel like, hey man, we've arrived. But that's a trap of the enemy. We got to understand that God wants to change us from glory to glory. And, and if we're going to win people to the Lord, then we must hear this message loud and clear. If we're going to build a church that is relevant, that is going to be able to go from this place forward into the future, then we got to let some things go and we got to begin to get in the prayer closets and we can come on somebody. We got to get, don't, don't, don't weigh yourself down with stuff that's getting in the way let it go amen you got to understand that it's the it's the power of God that we need in our life that will change us and keep us from playing church and having a prayer for powerful church that we are connected to I wonder how many churches would rise up if prayer was made in repentance I wonder how many churches would rise up if intercession was made rather than obsession. Come on, somebody. If we were interceding for God's will rather than obsessing over our own. I wonder how many churches would begin to rise up and become a powerful force if we understand that the foundation of every ministry and every servant of God was based upon prayer. Prayer positions you. Somebody shout, I want to be there. It positions you before your God. It carries you, amen, before the throne of God. And, and then prayer petitions his interceding. How many wants God to intercede in every situation? Not just mine, but my church and my community and the lost. This thing ain't just about me. It's about God and his will. God wants you to be positioned before him and to petition him for his interceding and to provoke him and his favor in your life. God wants you positioned and petitioning and provoking his grace in your life and those you stand in for. But playing church will get you in the form, but a praying church will surrender to the power and grace of God's sovereign grace. Somebody ought to shout some this morning that God is looking for somebody to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Somebody needs favor. Pray. Somebody's lost. Pray. Somebody's sick. Pray. Somebody's family's falling apart. Pray. Somebody's had enough. They're going through depression. Pray. Come on, somebody. Pray. Amen. Somebody just lost their husband or lost their wife and they're all alone pray somebody has aged and they're not able to do what they used to do pray the church is under a struggle pray everything seemed to be falling apart pray when you're a praying church my goodness I feel the Holy Ghost in this place when you're a praying church the enemy cannot stand against you forever he has to flee 
he has to flee I'd rather see more of the backside of the enemy than I had to see the front side. I'd rather see the enemy fleeing, brother, than I had to see him come and stand nose to nose with me. And if I want to see that side of things, I've got to get in the closets of prayer. And I've got to begin to understand that prayer will change things. I don't want to be religious. Amen. I want to walk as a child of God that he's called me to be. A man that believes that when I go in the prayer closet and get along with God, that God is going to move in those circumstances. We need prayers, not players. Amen. We don't need a lazy church. We need a working church. A church that accomplishes much how many of you want to accomplish much for the kingdom of God? I know I asked this question, but I ask it again. How many want your church to grow? How many love to be sitting around somewhere in a restaurant somewhere and you get an opportunity to witness and somebody starts talking good about your church and starts saying, my goodness, the Lord is in that house. Amen. See, this creates great joy in the city. We need workers. Amen. People that know how to go and work together. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 10 said, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach. We do these things. We work and we suffer persecution because we trust in the living God. Come on now. So Paul is telling Timothy in this particular verse, that there is going to be a consequence for our labor and for our reproaching, but there is a purpose for it all. God, he is the savior of all men, especially those who believe. It takes prayer to facilitate unity and to facilitate sacrifice. Much like Peter, somebody out there is counting on the church to come in full force. Amen? Somebody's counting on the church. They're waiting on the church. They don't even know they're waiting. They're waiting. They're in a place where they don't even understand where they're at, but they're waiting on the church. They're waiting on you, and they're waiting on me. They're waiting on somebody else, amen, who's connected to the church in the corporate world, the corporate church. They're waiting on them. They don't even know it, that the enemy is fighting them, trying to destroy them, but they're waiting on the church to come in full force, and they're waiting on the anointing to come with the church. They're waiting on praying people who are in their prayer closets, praying over people you don't even know who they are, but the Holy Spirit is putting them in your mind and you're praying over them. As you're praying, God begins to show you somebody who is about to take their life and you don't know who it is, where they're at or what they're going through unless the Lord reveals it. Never met them in their life, but then you take on an action of prayer to intercede for them. And I'm telling you today, friend, that the Holy Spirit will have you praying over people from the other side of the world in a third world country sometimes that you don't even know who they are. You say, I've never been on the mission field, but God will 
place somebody on your heart somewhere by his spirit that you can pray over and God will begin to intercede for those needs. Today they are looking for the church to be the church, not to be some form of religion, but to have the prayer life going so healthily and so strong and the spirit of God in their life. I'll rather have God's anointing and his favor than I had have a form in my life. Jesus, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. There are people that are counting on us, the elderly are counting on us, shut-ins. And I want to go ahead and tell you right now, your leadership is counting on you. That we are a church that is working and marching forward. And then finally God spoke to me. And he said, we don't need a complacent church. We need a conscious church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 7. said, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. How many wants to know the will of God? Short definition for complacency is this, satisfied and unconcerned. That's where a lot of people have gotten. Satisfied and unconcerned. Peter needed a praying church in Acts chapter 12 verse five. He was in prison but the church was praying. Then people weren't satisfied, amen? They had to get together and call on God. Herod was about to bring him up that night, but Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between the guards. And the angel of the Lord stood by him and took over and shone the light in the prison, struck him on his side and said, Arise quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. I'm going somewhere with this. I ain't, yo, I ain't lost. The angel showed up. How many? My goodness. It's a product of prayer. Amen. The angel showed up where Peter was at, shone the light, struck him on the side, said, get up. The chains fell off. Man, this is good. And, 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 and so he begins to arise and the chains fell off his hands and he girded on his sandals and he put on his garment. The angel said, follow me. And all this time, Peter thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was real. He was just walking around following. The angel got his sandals on, girded his, his clothes on, and he was walking behind the angel, just following him wherever he went. Did not know it was real. And he went out and he followed him and and then he went past the first and the second guard post and then they started down the road to the iron gate that leads to the city and guess what nobody opened it it opened on its own because prayer chains fell off because of prayer hmm the enemy couldn't touch them because God snuck them through come on somebody Every age ought to hear this again. And when they got to the place where the door was shut, anybody ever prayed? God opened the door in my life. 
and God opened the door and they walked through the iron gate that led to the city and they went down to the street and immediately the angel disappeared and then Peter came to himself and he said I know now for certain that the hand of Herod and all the expectation of the Jewish people has been turned away because of God's hand so he began to consider and he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark and Peter started knocking at the gate and a girl named Rhoda they were in there praying a girl named Rhoda came to answer the gate she heard Peter's voice because she got so excited she didn't even open the gate she ran in and announced that Peter stood there but then she said to herself you're beside yourself yet she kept insisting it's Peter it is so it and they said no no it's his angel but then Peter continued knocking and when they opened the door and saw him they were astonished I'm telling you let the church pray on because God's response to prayer will amaze your life God will do things somebody ought to give him glory God will do things in your life through prayer that'll shake the foundation of destruction stand with me if you will let the church pray on through the storms and through the fire let the church pray on because we're in need of some God moments in our life and in the church how many is in need of some God moments I need God to do something that man can't do my, my Bible tells me God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask of thing. How many knows that God would do some things that'll blow your mind? Angels come walking down through the course of the paths of humanity. And God's angels that have been unseen have been on the scene. I remember Brother Eric one day many years, one, one night many years ago, I was coming home from a graveyard shift, uh, in the middle of a graveyard shift. I'd worked four hours over into the middle of the night. It was two o'clock in the morning. I remember leaving work and I had one of them old Crown Victorias. It was a police car. Old. Had those 351 wins. Is that right? Y'all help me. 351, right? Windsor. They had, they had the governor locked down where I, I couldn't get away from y'all. But I bought that thing for $500, I think. I was coming home from work. Got on the interstate there. As soon as I got there, got going good. All of a sudden, my front tire just blew out. How many knows when you're going about 70 miles down the road and that thing blows out, you know, I mean, you need God. It wasn't a back tire, it was my front tire. And it just boom. And I can promise you today that Brett Gardner didn't have the wheel after that tire went out. I didn't even, wasn't even able to control the brake. I felt a higher power take hold of that wheel. You say, preacher, you're just trying to just 
get a rise out of us. No, I'm telling you, you know when God shows up. I put my foot on the brake. I couldn't even steer the car over to the side of the road. God was steering it. In the middle of the night, somebody was praying for me. prayers are being laid up for when the circumstance arrives the prayers God's already made provision it wasn't long after that I was in the middle of the night working again I'll never forget coming out of the control room and all of a sudden I looked up and I saw a light shining down through the plant corridors I was trying to figure out what it was and I felt the power of God come all over me I mean rapture power that's what it felt like to me. I said, hallelujah, the Lord's coming to get us. I started jumping up and down, and I know this sounds comical, Brother Ronald, but, but I didn't care. I wanted to go to heaven, and I thought, Lord, it come. I said, I believe just one jump, and I'm gone. I jumped up, jumped up, jumped up. I still felt the power of God. People were walking by looking at me like I was crazy. Tears was rolling down my eyes. I said, Lord, no, I didn't get left behind. God don't leave me behind. I walked back to for about 25, 30 minutes trying to work and still weren't praying, God, Lord, don't leave me behind. I just knew the rapture would come. Then I heard a voice say, call your daddy. If your daddy's home, I ain't come yet. So I called daddy 3.30 in the morning. I didn't want to wake him up, but I had to know. Sister Nita, my daddy answered the phone wide awake. I began to tell him what happened to me. He said, son, the Lord ain't come. I've been praying for you these last few hours. And he said, God, I've been praying God touch you and God strengthen you. And God minister to your life while you're out there working in this graveyard shift. Don't you tell me that prayer won't work. You don't have to be in the presence of somebody for your prayer to get through to their need and their situation. God is on the scene 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God's move. We need the church to pray on. Because God stands ready to answer those prayers and to move. Father, we love you today. God, we just ask you right now that you would take your word and you would let it be an encouragement and a refreshing to the children of God today. If there be anyone here that don't know the Lord as Savior, God, our prayer is and, and continues to be that they will this morning respond to the Spirit of God as you begin to call them. No one looking around for a minute as we pray. I just need to know, Lord, that you are accomplishing your will in this place right now by your spirit that your word is going forth and, and that you're reaching out and you're you're ministering to every life and you say well preacher i believe in the power of prayer 
and I, I just know that God is going to move in some situations I've been praying over. Maybe preacher, I hadn't been praying like I ought to, but this morning after hearing the word of God, I'm encouraged again that my prayers are not in vain. And I, I just want to get back into the prayer closets more frequently and healthy. I want to put my faith in, in the prayers, amen, that I send up again. Maybe you're lost and undone without God. And, and this morning the Lord is speaking to your heart. And he's saying, come home. Come unto me. I want to save you and cleanse you and give you a new life. Amen. If you hear the Lord speaking that to you by, your, by his spirit today in your heart, don't turn him away. You can think whatever you want to think, but I want you to know that's God this morning. Lord, if you'll just minister to these needs, if someone needs a touch physically, Lord, you, you know our church needs you. Our leadership needs you. Our leadership declares, Father, through prayer that we need your wisdom, the wisdom of God given by the Holy Spirit, discernment, Father. We need to be able to trust one another. We need to be able to have the Spirit of God that bears witness one with another, that we can trust each other at our high points and even at our low points. God, we need to be able to be that, that, that networked together that we are able to, to not only hold each other up, but we're able to take on the, 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 the new growth and the, the harvest as it comes in. Father, prepare us. God, we ask you, Lord. Lord, let this, the, the, the music program, God, continue to flourish and to, and, and to grow and to anoint. Father, day by day, continue to accomplish what, what you have set it forth to accomplish. Lord, it's been such a blessing to us. Lord, every leader, every position, every worker, everybody that's been standing in the gap when the gap showed up. And everybody that's been doing everything they could to keep moving and praying. God, we're grateful for them. Lord, we just ask you, Lord, that you'll let us, by your grace and by your strength, stand firmly on the foundation of a prayer and praying church. Lord, if there be anybody in this building, I want to ask you right now, if you believe in the power of prayer, step out of your seat where you're at and, and step out and come to this altar right now and begin to intercede for whatever that situation is in your life. There are some that have already come. Will you do it this morning? I believe that God's going to do something like he did for Peter. I believe God is going to.
just thankful that you have that arm that you can lean on today. That hope, amen. I know sometimes we can reach a place where we kind of cross a threshold, brother. Y'all probably know what I'm talking about this morning. Where you can almost cripple somebody's faith. think God's going to do everything their way. That's not what it's all about. It's getting to a place where you know that God will meet your needs. And there will be times when you're praying by His Spirit that He's going to do some things that you didn't even imagine. How many wants God to, to move in such a way that you just look back over your life like Peter did and said, my goodness, this is a dream. I never dreamed this would be happening in my life right now, in my church, in my family. I want God to do it. How many want that for your life? One day we're going to look back over and say, look what the Lord has done. Might have seemed like a dream right now, but look what the Lord has done. God, we thank you for what you've accomplished around these altars today and the hearts that you've touched. As we dismiss from your house today, we ask you, Lord, that you would let us leave in faith and leave challenged in the closets of prayer and as a church of prayer that we will make a difference for the kingdom of God through the foundation name. Everybody said amen. Shake hands and fellowship. God bless you. Please remember tonight. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Tonight at six o'clock.